Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay. I'm back from Indoor Nationals with my archery team. Sorry for the delay on this show, but today Shruti and I are talking about how to make a change and not necessarily accept a poor situation that you might be in. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay and I'm back with Shruti. And today we're talking about having the strength to improve your reality. I mean, there's a lot of times where we look at the situation we're in and, and we wish it was better. We wish it was different. And we kind of sit there sometimes for too long. And it takes a lot of strength to make a change. Um, I know it, I've mentioned it on here that I made a big change with my job, a job that I was in for, for 25 years. And I was comfortable and I stayed there definitely longer than I should have. Um, my wife actually is turning in her keys today as we're recording this for her last day on the job and starting a new job on Monday. Uh, it takes a lot of strength to make that change. Sometimes we feel we're in that position that this is our reality. This is what we have and we just have to accept it, but that's not always the case. And Trudy, what's your feeling on being able to make that change? And I mean, we say make that jump and sometimes comfort holds us back too long. You know, I think this might sound, what's the word, contradictory, but I think it's not so much trying too hard because I think when you try too hard, you're resisting the change. So I think when you know something is supposed to shift, like, you know, transitioning from one job to another, I feel usually those things come from a calm place, a calm knowing and then sometimes I think we get anxiety or we overthink it and then we're trying to push and try too hard to make that change. And then as soon as we do that, the farther away that thing becomes. But I think when you're just like, okay, I'm in touch with myself. I feel calm and I feel like it's time to make a change. I think I need to go to a different job or switch careers. I usually think that those kinds of things come when you're not thinking too hard about it. Like when you, when you decided to switch jobs, Jay, and you were like, you know, I think my time is up here. Was it from a calm place or was it like overthinking anxiety type of place? Actually, it was a, I had enough. Um, I, I was there for a long time. And the day I finally made the decision, it's not like I sat down on a Wednesday and sat down with my wife and said, you know what? I don't like my job. Uh, I'm going to quit on Friday. I mean, this is something that I've been pondering for, I'd say a solid five years, if not going back 10 years. Uh, I, I like to use everyone. You, you've heard the phrase of, I wish I knew then what I knew now. And I think it's more of a case of, I wish I understood then what I know now. All right. So I start this job at 21 years old and I have no kids. I have no wife. I have no mortgage. I'm renting a, a condo for my father from $400 a month. So it's not like I had big bills and I start a job and a year later, I have a week paid vacation. So I'm 21 years old with a week off that I'm getting paid for. This is the first time in my life that I can go do whatever I want for a full week and get paid for it. And then the second year, it's like, I got two weeks that I can do whatever I want and get paid for it. And you don't realize at that point with no family, small amount of bills that that's it. There's never anything else after that, that I can be here five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and it stops at those two weeks. And you don't really think of it until 
five years later, 10 years later, now you have kids. Now they have activities they want to do. And you still only have those two weeks. And even those weren't. So it was one of those cases of just not really understanding the situation. And as you understand it better, you realize you can make that change. I mean, I've heard, I've seen the, the quote or heard the saying of, and you can fail at what you don't like doing. You might as well fail trying to do something you enjoy. If there's a chance of failure in anything, at least try failing at what, what you love to do, make the attempt there. And eventually I got to the point where there was nothing more for me to earn there. And, and it was a tough decision because sometimes if you know pain, the pain that you know is easier to handle than the pain that might come from the unknown. So I knew what I was getting. I knew how much this hurt. So it was like, you know, I already know it. I'm familiar with it. I can somewhat deal with it. Why make the change? And eventually just got to the point where I, I had to. That's good though, that you realize that. And I think that sometimes that push gets louder and louder and louder in the universe when it's like, all right, come on. You've been saying you've been wanting to do this. You know, this in your heart that like, this is not where you want to be. So what are you going to do about it? So I think you probably got that push of like, I've had it. I've been here for five years. I felt this way. And then you finally decided to make the change with action. And, you know, sometimes I know when you're in a creative field or you want to do your own business, People are like, oh, I don't have the financial means to do that. And I remember my coach saying to me, he's like, still do like have your side job or have your whatever job you're doing and do what you really want to pursue on the side. And then until you can make an income there, then switch over, which makes sense to me. It's like no one really wants to be at a job that they don't want to be at. But if you're pursuing something until you have like a steady income there keep that other job and still do what you want to do until that income starts flowing, then you can transition full time. So you can make it work. And I think people can sometimes be cynical. They're like, oh, well, I have this and this and this. And I get it. Like people have kids, people have a family, but if you truly love something and you want to make a change or you want to do something, you will create the time for that. Even if it's 15 minutes, on a Saturday and a Sunday, that's still better than nothing. Even if it's 10 minutes at night before you go to bed, that's still better than nothing. So the changes start step by step. I don't think, and anything you do extreme, just like diets, they crash and burn. So anything you do like with a pace and it's consistent, even if it's smaller at first, by the time like a year hits, right? and you've been consistent with it, you will see a change. You might not see it in the moment as it's happening, but when you look back and reflect on it, you're like, oh, wow, like, I can't believe I got from point A to point B from last February to now, like, wow, like, where did the time go? But you won't even, I think we're in such a rush to like get to the next place. And I can be like that too. I can be really, really impatient. And I'm like, every single time that I know that I've done that for myself, I feel like the farther I push it away and I'm like, oh, why is it like slower now? And it's like, as soon as I relax and just do what I can do, things come and align with me. So that's, and it's, it's a mix, mix of those two. So it's taking action. 
but it's also detaching yourself from the outcome, which I think is probably the most challenging thing to do because we as human beings like want control, but control is somewhat of an illusion to a certain extent because you only have control over your action and your thought. And that can be hard sometimes like shifting your, your thoughts, but as soon as you detach, that's really when the magic happens. I can almost guarantee every single person that's listening to this that that's happened to, where it's like, oh, you're trying to meet somebody, right? Like you're going online, like day after day, like, oh, I'm so tired of, like, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm tired of like the apps, whatever. And as soon as you stop that and you're just like, I give up. It's that moment where you're like, I feel defeated. I give up. And I've heard this story with um, a lot of actors too. I remember this one actress, I think she got like fired from a soap opera or something. And then she's like, I remember crying in my car, like sobbing. And she's like, I was ready to just like give up acting. And I think pretty short after she got like a lead series role um, in like a new TV show. Oh, and Gal Gadot, I heard, before she auditioned for Wonder Woman, she was doing an interview with um, Jimmy Fallon. And she said, she's like, right before I got that audition, she's like, I was about to pack my bags. I was about to go home and just like call it quits. I was like, I couldn't deal with the industry anymore. And then I got a call for an audition. And she's like, I had no idea that I was auditioning for Wonder Woman because they're very, very strict when it's like such a big blockbuster film like that. They don't always give you the details of like, oh, you're auditioning for Batman or Wonder Woman. And then she found out she got the role. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, you just got cast as Wonder Woman. And she was like, what? So I had no idea that I was auditioning for that. She was on the plane back home and she got the call. And she's like, oh, there's a person next to me. She's like, oh my God, I just got cast in this really big film. And she was about to give up then. And that's when she was the most detached. I'm not saying like give up every time, but it, it was because she was so detached. She was like, I'm, I'm just done. I don't care. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And that feeling is probably like what got her there. Because you're resisting the more you're trying, trying, you're trying, trying, trying. Stop trying. Don't try. Just be. Do your stuff. Do your actions. Take your steps. Detach. You've got to train yourself to do that. And it's, I'm not saying it's easy. And there's a couple of things I'm going to touch on. You, you had mentioned, like, obviously, don't make that jump. If you're making a big change like your career, don't make that jump until you have the, the financial stability. Uh, now, keeping in mind that finances and, and income in terms of money is not the only thing that creates happiness. And right. so you might go into a situation where you might be making less money but you might have other luxuries that you have. So in my case, I mean, financially, I'm pretty much at about the same spot that I was leaving the shop, but I have so much more value in my time. I mean, I've already made two trips. We're actually leaving pretty much a couple hours after we're done recording today, we're going to Massachusetts for another archery tournament. We have another trip uh, planned for next month. And these are luxuries that I wouldn't have had if I was still stuck in that restrictive thing. So you got to keep in mind, and like I had the, the health tripod where it's physical, mental, and emotional health. Yes, money helps with happiness. And it's not necessarily the money, but it's what that allows you to do. 
And so there's a lot of things to take into consideration. And then also, again, not making that jump and keeping maybe the steady job that you have. I would also say don't burn bridges. And for me, I mean, leaving the shop, it, there were multiple things that got on top of each other as to why I left. A big one and a major one, and everyone there was aware of it, was the lack of vacation time or PTO. And at 25 years, I had one guaranteed week with my family. It's a fact. And our third week, we, we really weren't supposed to take it. It was one of those ones that it's there, but he didn't want us to lose production. The first week, we had to take a shutdown week, which my wife was not guaranteed to get guaranteed to take that week off. So that took value out of that week off. Yes, I'm off. Yes, I'm away from the shop. Yes, I might be doing something with my kids, but it's not a family vacation. My wife has to work. So that reduced yeah. the value that that was worth. So I was guaranteed one week in 20 plus years there with my family. Other things were machines needed repairs or replacing. A lot of them were old, which were, was frustrating. And just a couple other things. Could I very much have just been so fed up and went in and said, that's it, boss. I quit. I hate this place and screw you and leave. You know what? Maybe that, maybe that would have been a little stress relief that I could have used after years of, of telling them what I was dealing with. But right now I'm back at the shop part-time on my schedule and to help a friend of mine who I built the friendship with, who works on the floor, runs the plant itself. I'm there to help him out until they get someone that can replace me. I'm there three, four hours a day, three or four times a week, and it works for both of us. And today, because of the storm, a schedule got changed for me. So I went in for a couple hours earlier than normal, left a little earlier than normal. If I'm planning on working from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. and I get a call the night before saying, hey, I need a personal training client or I have an archery client, then I go in the shop and say, hey, I'm leaving at 11 today. I got another gig. They're like, all right, we'll see you in the morning. So it works for both of us where I could have went and burned bridges or he could have said, all right, well, if you're going to quit on us, screw you, get out of here. And then he could have burned the bridges, but neither of us did that. And that's a, a very important thing that as much as you might want to and be aggressive and be the big man that, oh, you're not firing me. I quit. Or, and you can't quit. I fired you. I mean, you, you don't want to go in like that. You, you don't need to be all macho. Keep the bridges there because you never know in either direction who might need them at some point. And then you, with, with that safety net, you can go and pursue what you want to pursue. I love that. And I think that's so true. Definitely don't burn bridges. Uh, I think sometimes, I mean, you know, if someone really provokes you or pushes your buttons, it takes self-mastery to remain calm in that situation if someone you feel like you're being taken advantage of. Did you listen but, to last week's episode? Not yet. The one I did with Jen, we titled it Level-Headed Mess, because when you hear everything we went, went through in Vegas, how do you keep a level head when that much goes wrong? And that's the same thing. You might be frustrated, but you got to keep a level head. Otherwise, you're just going to make a bigger mess for yourself. Yeah, and then you end up regretting it later on, because you're going to cool off at some point, and you're going to be like, I wish I had just remained a little bit cooler in that situation. And I think our emotions can get the best of us if we let it, but it takes practice. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight um, because I certainly know that I, I think I've improved in that way, but I don't think 
I've mastered it yet in the way that I want to, because, you know, that's, that's something I know that I have to work on. And I think I've talked about this in other episodes before, like I can be very impatient or very impulsive, but I've noticed the difference in myself in the last few years to now where I'm like, oh, wow, like I would have handled that situation very differently if that was Trudy like five years ago. I could have jeopardized that relationship because like I can easily, I used to easily get like defensive or provoked and then I would be like, okay, like you're coming at me like that. And then I would just match that energy. Whereas now I'm like, okay, I'm going to step outside of it, observe it and either walk away or remain level-headed But then there are times where like my impulses get the best of me, but it's not to the same extreme as it used to. Like, I'm not saying like I would like ever hit someone or punch them. Like, that's not me. But could I like, if someone verbally attacks me, could I verbally attack back? Sure. But I don't feel like it's the same way. So again, it's some people are really, really level-headed. Like my brother-in-law, I think I've probably seen him not even mad, like just annoyed maybe. And the entire time that I've known him, like twice at most, he's very calm. He's very level-headed. And I'm like, okay, that's the one that I want to look at as a model. And I want to become like that. But people don't realize that you are only going to master it when you're actually in the moments where you feel like you're being tested. It's like, okay, here's the situation. The universe is sending it your way. Now you said you want to be less impulsive or you want to be more patient. You want to be more of this. Are you going to, what are you going to do in this situation now? Whereas versus the last situation that you were in, how are you going to react? So all of these things, they come with, they come with practice. It's not like, same thing with archery, right? It's not like you're going to be like a master at it the first time you try it. You're probably going to like fall a couple of times or fail a couple of times. And then, you do it consistently and you practice and practice and practice. And now you're going to master it in some way. And that goes for anything in, in life. Yeah. And anything you do, there's, there's a skill behind it. And like you said, whether it be archery or acting or just simply communication, I mean, keeping your cool. I mean, it, it is a skill that you need to work on at all times. And I, I know I've gotten better at, at keeping my cool and and if my family listens to this they're gonna say oh you're always yelling at us okay yes i yell at you because again i have to remind you to do the dishes and there's a difference between arguing with family and, and keeping yourself keeping your cool in more of a, a professional environment and i know that was one thing i mean i've seen situations and, and not just at the shop but other places i've worked where i mean a boss starts yelling at an employee employee starts yelling back and the f-bombs come out and i mean i've seen physical i mean contact between employees, employers, or and coworkers and stuff like that. I personally, and now I wasn't in the military, but my father was and growing up and my father was a high ranking officer. So anytime we were in the office with him, a lot of times there were guys that were parallel or even higher ranked than him. So it's like, Oh, when we go in there, remember it's yes, sir. No, sir. So at a young age, I just grew up with that. Yes, sir. No, sir. So sometimes maybe it was a little over the top that if I was getting reprimanded and I was in the office and he's asking about a job that I might've made a mistake on, which didn't happen often. And were you, what happened here? Blah, 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 blah. I missed it. Sorry, sir. 
And, and it was just simple as that. It wasn't sarcasm. It was just, and he liked to use the word upbringing. That's how I spoke to him. So sometimes I think it threw him off because so many other people would come in. Oh, it's my machine. Oh, it's the tooling. Oh, it's this. And I, no, I missed it. My fault. This and that. And, and keeping your cool. And, and again, going back to last week's episode I did with Jen, we talked about so much stuff going on. And I, I referenced when I bought my first Jeep, before I even made my first payment, someone had keyed it. I saw the scratch. I walked around it, made sure there was no more. I got in and I drove away. What was I going to do? Kick the tire, scream, pout, throw a temper tantrum? Scratch still would have been there. What good is it going to do? I mean, right. very, very rarely. And how many times have you seen a manager in baseball go out, stomp his feet, pull a Billy Martin and throw dirt on the umpire and kick the dirt and throw his hat? And the ump goes, okay, you know what? You're right. He was safe. It doesn't make a change. And you just start screaming, but nothing changes. There's very little value to it. Yeah. The way that you handle that situation is like a person that's mastered it because a lot of people would kick the tires or like punch a wall or do something or like flip out. And in that moment you want to, like you just got that new car and you have a scratch on it. Somebody scratched it on purpose and like didn't leave a note Maybe they didn't do it on purpose, but like no one left a note. And you're like, are you kidding me? No, this was definitely an intentional squiggle on the fender. This this wasn't a That's ding even, from someone's yeah. door. So then it's like, why would someone do this? But the way you handled it was really, you know, just from a calm place, even though like inside you're probably like, I just want to like, I want to like hit something right now, but you were the observer. And I think that's where we can that's how we can master it in a way is like almost taking yourself like out of yourself and observing as like a spectator so it's like you standing outside of your body observing watching yourself or watching as if you're watching another person observing them like how would they handle the situation you know there's this um theory or there's these stories about people who've had like quote-unquote near-death experiences like really they've had them and a lot of them have said they actually were looking at themselves like they had stepped outside of their body and they were looking at themselves like down on the table and washing themselves and it's interesting. It's like, if we could only do that in our reality, which I think we can, but it's about thinking, like think before you speak, right? Not so much where you're like in your head, but like, just take a pause. I think if we just took a pause. All right, I'm gonna take a pause. I'm not gonna react. Okay, like, let me assess the situation as if I'm solving like a word problem. So, yeah, with all that, I mean, the car getting scratched or the boss aggravating you or something else going wrong. There's nothing wrong with later blowing off some steam. I mean, one of the things that happened on, on my trip to Vegas, and if you listen to last week's episode, um, my friend Jen, who covered the show, her car window got smashed. We went out for a quick 20 minute hike. We come back and the passenger door is smashed. Now we're making the phone calls, calling the police, calling banks to cancel credit cards and stuff like that. At that time, I mean, there were some tears, but for the most part, we all kind of 
kept our head level and did what we needed to do. But then a couple of days later, talking to her and talking to my wife, it's like now, now they're frustrated. Now the emotion, now you kind of, you, you feel violated. Someone broke into your personal property and this and that. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's okay to, to have the tears at that moment. It's okay to go into your gym and hit the punching bag or, or go for a run or, or, I mean, go do one of those hours in the smash room and beat some old TVs with a baseball bat. It's okay to do that. But in the situation, in that moment, you have to keep a level head as much as possible. And when you're in those environments to, to make changes where you're stuck in environments like that, where it gets more and more difficult to, to have that positive mindset and having the strength to make that change, to not accept that, okay, this is the reality of where I am, where I'm stuck. Um, I'm going to be in this and machine shop where there is no ladder and, and nothing more for me to earn forever. I'm going to work in this bank where they're not helping me get to a position that I want to get to or anything like that. And to be able to make that change and it, it takes strength. That's for sure. Um, because we are comfortable with what we know. I mean, you, you hear it all the time, how people fear change because, and I, I just something as simple and, and as stupid as Facebook. I mean, I, I see the memories now. I've been on Facebook for like 13 years and you had Facebook. And then all of a sudden, 18 months later, they changed the layout and everyone made a big deal. Oh, why'd they change it? First off, it's a free thing. If you don't like it, get off it. Because right? So that's the, that's the simple thing about it. But people get all cranky <gasps> about it because they're comfortable with it. And now they made a change. And then once you learned it, they made another change. Now they haven't made any big changes like that in, in a few years, but we, we don't like change because we're familiar with what's there. And that's why a lot of times we hesitate to make a change that could be good for us because we know, we, we even know what the bad feels like and we've gotten accustomed to it. And we've built up those calluses and that tolerance that we can accept it and not let us wear us down completely. So we're fearful, maybe the other side. I mean, I, one thing that my old boss would say is, well, I hope the grass is greener on the other side. And as I left, I said, I I understand what you're saying. And I hope you find a landscaper that cares about your lawn as much as I did. And, and that's the thing, maybe the grass isn't greener on the other side, but the thing is I'm my own landscaper. So I'm going to make it as green as I need it to be. And whenever you're going to make that change and not accept that the reality you're in now is your, your end all be all reality that you can change it. You are your own landscaper, go to the other side of the fence and the grass will be as green as you want to make it. Yes. Yes. Everything you're saying, I, I do believe that people are afraid of change, but what's interesting is that when you make that scary leap or that change, we as human beings naturally adapt. And yes, I think it's sooner than we think. In the beginning, it seemed really, really hard. Like I always bring up COVID and like when that happened and no one knew like what was going on. I think, I mean, yes, it took us like maybe a few months to adjust, but look at our lifestyle now, like we've adapted. And I think it was like after a couple of months that people like were shifting, like working in their home or just kind of you know figuring out how to navigate but we adapted and look at us now so I think anytime you make a change it might take you know a little bit to adapt but I think naturally you will 
you will it'll just happen because we're in that environment like i think think about people who are stranded on an island right they or for whatever reason they have to now get their own food they have to now get their own water now they have to get a place to shower and they have to adapt in order to survive so like that's that's more of an extreme case but even when you move you know it's gonna be hard in the beginning you don't know anyone and you still have to unpack those boxes and but once you're set you're like okay like I've adapted to this new lifestyle I've had a lot of friends move here from different parts of the world and it was always challenging for them in the beginning because it was scary it was a leap but they adapted a lot quicker than you would think so anything that you're thinking about you're like oh this might be like a leap just big picture wise this is something I've learned um and I would recommend think about the big picture so think about like what you want and then yes it might be uncomfortable right but like what's going to be like the big picture result of that scary leap so what would you say are, are some of the biggest keys to prepare to make a change if you're if you're making a big change in your life what would be what would be the biggest thing to to make sure it's in place so you can make that change as seamless as possible i think just writing down your actionable steps um again not extreme so okay well what's what's my step for the next three months next month or two or three months however you want to do it okay what's my goal for the next six months. Okay. For the next 12 months. So if you write down a plan for yourself, like break it down, almost like you're doing an outline, think about like a homework assignment that you had in school, you had to draw out an outline before you wrote your essay. I think that'll help you navigate from point A to B to C to D to, and so on. So that would be my biggest thing is just like start out, acknowledge where you are, where you want to go step by step. And then ask yourself every day, okay, like how, what am I doing on my outline to get closer to this goal today? And then look at it like, you know, maybe like weekly, like look at your outline and be like, okay, like what have I done this week to get closer to that goal? Uh, what about you, Jay? What would you recommend? Well, I mean, a lot of the big changes are work related. That's usually the one where we change it. So kind of like you referenced, make sure you are financially stable enough to to do what you need to do um there is other aspects to life that are are more important than dollar uh, but you do need to make sure we need to be responsible adults and and pay our mortgage and pay our insurance and and do that stuff so you do need to make sure that's there um having having the support there because as much as it's you making that jump if things aren't going well I mean, emotional health, psychological health is important. So whether you have a professional there with you to help support you if you need it or family or friends, just someone to be there to lean on uh, if you do need, if you are having a stressful day, if things aren't going as well as you want it to right off the bat. Because uh, I mean, one of our, our episodes we did is your circle and you have to have that circle around you that that's going to support you. Um, but a big one is don't stay too long. I mean, I, I would guess that most people are similar to my situation where you start to think about it and you're there longer than you should. I mean, I probably should have made this move 10 years ago, not I mean, eight months ago. And 
make try to make those moves before it wears you down. And I'll be honest, me having the, having the stent put in uh, just about a year ago now at this point is what woke me up to saying, you know what, I, I haven't enjoyed a life. I need to make this change, but I mean, be prepared and have, have that safety net, both financial safety net, the, the emotional and, and support of friends or family, and just have every, have everything lined up so you can make that, that jump and, like I said, if you if you have a risk of failing, and you might as well try something that you enjoy, and try to put everything in line that's going to make your life as enjoyable as possible. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.